you know, we might be looking for that external validation or sort of applause or appreciation when something is is authentic. And can we, before we go looking for that, can we check in and see if it's something that, that we're missing or needing to offer ourselves um, before we start looking for it externally? So before we get into today's episode, should you be a business owner juggling multiple roles and hungry to grow your dream business, but you're lacking the time and support? Trust me, we've all been there. Then this is a little reminder to head on over to thestream.ca.za for your free resources and to find out more about our exclusive membership that launches once a year. Let's get back into this episode. Welcome to today's episode where I chat to counselor Shaman from Mumwell about sacrifices for your partner's career. Now, whether you've made the sacrifices for your partner or the other way around, this is a really, really meaningful conversation. And if you enjoy it, please do share it with your friends and loved ones. I pretty much feel like I'm inviting you to my own personal therapy session. So sit back and enjoy our conversation i think we can get started but i definitely i know we're going to have this more as a a conversation than an interview style um episode but i think just for clarity and for anyone that's tuning in um can you maybe from your perspective um describe or define sacrifices within the context of today's topic which is sacrifices for your partner's career Absolutely. I think when I think of of sacrifice, I have this visualization of sort of, you know, a slaughtered sheep or something. And (laughs) there's a really, uh, you know, there can be quite a negative connotation to sacrifice um, and sacrifice. You know, really, if we go to our definition, looking at offering something up as an act of worship. Um, which, which I think doesn't have the, the healthiest notion when we're looking at our romantic relationships and partnerships. Uh, so I think for, for the purpose of, of our topic, um, looking more at postponing or adapting our immediate preferences for the benefit of our, our relationship. Um, so it's not giving up on something or, uh, sort of offering something over, but rather adapting uh, to hopefully have more positive or, or benefits in our relationship. Yes, and sort of that long-term, the sacrifices you make now for the, the long-term benefit or gain. Um, yeah, I know we're going to chat, chat more about it, but if I just look at that, and obviously I chose this topic because it's so fitting <laughs> to my life that I've just recently, within the past two months, moved from family and friends up to Pochettstrom, which where we have no one here, um, or no, no one. Now we at least do. We've <laughs> started to connect um, and make some friends. But yeah, that was a massive... Yeah, it's such a hard word to, like you say, it's got a negative connotation saying sacrifice because we are here because of my husband's career and an amazing opportunity that he was given. But at the same time, it's um, for us in the long run. And I think I'm quite hard headed and quite stubborn based off of my past um, sort of relationships and um, a younger Marisa that, that, and who was a lot more submissive, um, still unfortunately very much a people's pleaser that I'm constantly working on and I've still got codependent habits. But if I look at my past relationship versus now when this opportunity arised, I almost immediately went into um, like business partnership mode with, with Rocco. <laughs> So maybe I should maybe I should talk about the situation of, of how it unfolded and, and how I feel at the up until this point that it was a joint decision, as much as it sounds like it's it's yeah, you know, chasing his career. Um, but basically what happened was um last year, um he works within the liquor industry, um, which is a topic on its own to to divulge in, but 
Um, he's very much within that hierarchy system of climbing the corporate ladder, with, worked with the company for the past 10 years, and he's got a certain goal. And what they often do in order for employees to get more exposure in different regions and understand different markets is they have to be adaptable. So they have to be able to move um, and, and yeah, be able to relocate um, with whether they're on their own or with their families in order to climb the ladder in order to get promotions and get the get the good jobs at the end of the day otherwise you sort of just stagnate and Rocco being the super ambitious person that he is he also was in a comfortable situation when we were back in Cape Town um but it was just too comfortable and he could have stayed within the position but it meant that long term as a when we do start our family and we do have kids and he has to step in a bit um, because we've spoken about who takes that role or he has to step in a bit more from a financial perspective, um, then, yeah, we would be in a, in a different situation, not as comfortable. So anyways, this opportunity came about and uh, before uh, the Poch offer came, um, there was a, quite a couple of Joburg offers and that's where, in fact, it was just before we got married, there was a Joburg offer and we'd only been in Cape Town for a year because prior to that, we were in Van der Bell Park, as you know, again, for Rocco's career. And we just relocated to Cape Town. In fact, he then took a sacrifice of going for a lateral move to move back to Cape Town. So stagnated within the same position for um, three years as opposed to climbing up just so that we could be close to family and back to Cape Town um, and back in Cape Town. Um, so we were there and then Joburg offers came about and it was just before our wedding. And I think emotionally I was just not there to be able to manage it. So he came home stressed out, not knowing how he's going to approach it because he's in a pickle. He wants to, you know, advance in his career he wants to look out, out for us as a family in the future, um, but he knows how sad I'll be to be moving away from family and friends. And also, uh, yes, and then um, basically that I just couldn't handle. I was crying and, yeah, my position work-wise and working for myself, I just felt, didn't feel comfortable. So anyways, that passed and the work basically said to him, you know, these offers are going to stop coming if you if you keep rejecting them. Um, you're going to stop getting these opportunities. And by the time that the porch offer came about, I was in a total different mindset. I had, we'd been married for almost six months. Um, my career work-wise, I'd gotten the new startup into a very more comfortable position. So mentally and and work-wise, I was in a much better space. And he came home and he was like, how am I going to reject this offer? Like, why would we want to go sit and potch? And I literally was, he first phoned me, then he came home and I already, I sat him down and I took a total different approach. I showed him the pros and the, and okay, obviously we knew the cons. I didn't have to show him that and being away from everyone, etc. Showed him the pros, told him this is what the negotiations that we have to go through, both him and I and him and his company for the for the contract and uh, like thinking back I'm pretty proud of myself because in my previous relationship at 27 I did not take this approach at all it was like I'll move anywhere for love I don't care about my like mm. yeah my happiness comes second and basically it, it became like this negotiation sat down and I even showed in property 24 I was like yeah some houses this is where we can stay and watch so it already painted this picture and I took this total different approach and he almost felt like this weight was lifted off his shoulders. And there were a few things in our, like, our relationship negotiation. I don't know. I don't want it to sound too negative. It wasn't like there was too much compromise there. Um, and then that that's when we made the call. And so by the time we moved up here, we were both so excited for new adventure, not knowing anyone, because at the end of the day, um, the sacrifice, and it's so hard thinking of being away from like parents who are getting older, family and friends and, and what you're missing out on. But if we focus on on the, be the good things, it's such an awesome chapter in our book that one day, eventually, when we are hopefully back in Cape Town, we can look back and talk about these stories and talk about our like total different life. It almost pauses life for a little bit. Um, you know, it's not like just the mundane rat race that we were living in. Sorry, that was a mouthful. 
No, absolutely. And I think that is, uh, you know, your experience and how you've described the growth you've made internally and in taking on this decision uh, from a different perspective. I think that that highlights the the positive that can come from sacrifice, sort of the, the growth, um, the, the unity, the cohesion and the trust. That, that, that you can trust myself, yourself to make this, this decision as healthy as possible. You trust your partner in, in walking this road with you. Um, and I think that's such sort of integral parts of a healthy relationship that, that can be seen in sacrifice when it's positive. Totally. It's definitely, it's definitely an age thing. I, I can, I can promise you that. Yeah, and it's it's so strange because six months prior to this, you know, sit down and negotiation of are we moving to Podge, um, I had a total different attitude, and I also I couldn't, I didn't have capacity, I didn't have emotional capacity to think about moving away from loved ones, um, and yeah, it's 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 interesting how it can change, but obviously I know that there, we, you don't want to have it you know, a couple of years down the line, build into resentment. So I don't know how, like, well, how would you give advice on anyone um, when making a decision like this? Is it, yeah, if I look back at age 27 when I, oh, no, sorry, I was much younger. I was 23 when I moved with my previous partner to London, to the UK. Um, we came back for a stint for his work, then went back there. And the move back there was just like, okay, cool. I love you. I'll go. Um, and it was an instant decision of put my whatever I'm feeling within, um, despite going to, I think it was, what was I seeing? Kinesiologist who was like, your body doesn't want to go to the UK. I was like, Bleh. I'm going. <laughs> that really backfired because um, obviously that relationship didn't, um, didn't last. But anyways, th- then it was an impulsive yes, I'll go versus now thinking, processing, how's it going to benefit us as a whole? How's it going to benefit me? And once you I make the decision, I know I cannot build up that resentment because it's just as much my decision as it was Rocco's decision. Mm-hmm. So I think how can, yeah, what advice can you give to others out there who may be in a similar situation? Yeah. I think we could we could spend hours on on sort of the the avoiding climbing the resentmeter um because I think you know that that does happen so many different parts there I think one is is is, is the communication and I think when when we sort of look at communication rather than expectation and when there's an expectation that this opportunity's come up you will do this for me. We're more likely to get into that resentment space um, when there's a, an expectation and less communication. And, and I think you've already sort of highlighted so many of those things in looking at, you know, how can this benefit us? And, and when we look at sacrifices, what am I doing for you? We can already hear that resentful tone of I did all of this for you. I moved for you. Um, you know, but when it comes from a, what are we doing for us? How can this benefit us? And, and, and really reframing the for you, for me to a for us, not negating our own personal needs, but incorporating sort of as a partnership, how can this be beneficial to the both of us? I think another a piece in there, if we make these sacrifices um, without considering sort of the joy or the happiness, if we're in a space of, of regret, if we're in a space of um, unhappiness or isolation or, or being miserable, we're more likely going to resent the situation. Um, so I think to really climb into the, the happiness and the joy in doing this, what great things could happen for us? Um, or in doing this, what can I incorporate into my life that will bring me happiness? Uh, what are some of my non-negotiables? So if we pause some of my intended preferences and we go for this, what kind of things would I need to incorporate into this move, for example, relocating or into this change uh, to, to really be the best per- version of myself and find my purpose? in a change that's benefiting you. I'm not sure if that sort of 
makes sense, but you know that could look different for everyone. Maybe part of the the non-negotiables are, you know, I would like to travel home um, every month to see my family, or maybe it's um, I would like to take on a new hobby. Um, maybe it's you know it, it could be anything, but really carving out what can I benefit from this because it's not about one benefiting, but how could we both benefit? Gosh, it's so it's so tricky because at the same time, like I feel like we, in my case scenario, we like it. It, it was a very good send off from Cape Town. The contract, I would say, in inverted commas, um, that we have between the two of us. Because I've also realized with my older age, it is more of a. Um, I wouldn't say like compromise but it's a, a team effort of constantly checking in and talking about it and um, so we kicked off on a very good noise but I know that this is just the beginning of our journey like we could have this chat in a year's time or in two years time so I suppose also how what else like what should we be seeking you know on like therapy or uh, external sort of advice or going through this because if I think about it there are definitely going to be times and we can chat about this as well is going into a new phase of our life um if we were for instance to be fortunate in having kids and I become a mom and now I'm in a way different situation because I'm not as I'm stimulated by my work and the time I have but now a lot of that time is being spent on you know being a mother um I suppose that's where I'm yeah, definitely going to have to, yeah, I suppose it's what I was going to say. It's just like it's just this constant working at not just you made the sacrifice to make a move for your partner, but it's going to be something that's going to constantly come up and it shouldn't come up in a negative way necessarily. It should come up in a conversation and reassessing. And I think in the back of my mind, which has given me peace of mind, has been that Rocco said to me, you know what, if it doesn't work out, we can always come back. Like, I promise you, if it doesn't, you know, just having that, yeah, that sort of comfort. Yeah, the, the comfort in the non-permanence of it all. Yeah, because that's the other thing, the non, that's what, there's so much of the decisions in the past were made from a fear-based sort of perspective if I look at Funabel feels like I was there for years I was there on the dot for a year and if someone had told me that obviously beforehand um I think I tackled it pretty well or managed pretty well but if someone had told me that I wouldn't have had a couple of the meltdowns that I had and there were some ugly moments of like Rocco coming back um, to me being alone two weekends in a row because one was a cycle sort of thing that he had and I can't remember the other one may have been work and I was like broken and that's where it was that fragile state of being like almost throwing it back in your face like we're here for you you brought me here I'm away from my support system and my network and yeah, if someone had told me it was only going to be a year, those meltdowns wouldn't have necessarily happened. You would have just embraced every moment of it, just knowing it's temporary. Yeah, and I think that that vulnerability is 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 really important, and that honest communication when those moments come up that are really challenging. Um, and I and I think you know feelings. Of, of resentment are, are sort of one thing, but acting out in resentment's another. Um, and, and, you know, perhaps those feelings do surface, which, which isn't, you know, bad or, or punishable, but rather, Hey, these feelings are coming up for me and, and I want to explore those with you. And I'm just going to be honest and vulnerable and open with you that these are coming up, which suggests, uh, you know, I, I, I need to have a look at that and, and perhaps do something different. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of pressure that both partner A and partner B put on themselves when when making a sacrifice, and and perhaps partner A is thinking, okay, well I better not fuck this up because we've moved our whole lives for this, or you know we've taken on this opportunity or whatever it might look like, and partner B is thinking, okay, well I've got to stick this through. I can't show that I'm unhappy. I can't show that I'm feeling resentful. I can't show that this is tough. And and I think we've got to shake some of those uh, pressures that we put on ourselves that actually 
this is a new opportunity for both of us. Um, this is new challenges, but new excitement. This is a risk and, and sort of any and all feelings that come up for us are, are valid and, and sort of worthy of exploration. Uh, so I think one of the things there is just being brutally honest, raw and vulnerable with our partner um, on this journey. I think another another piece there that that, that we can do is, is 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 sort of a value check in, um, and I think our values and and goals, you know, they can change and they can shift and they're allowed to, but to check in with one another. Are they still the same? Are they looking different? What are yours looking like? What are mine looking like? And 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 that sort of can make that transition uh, a little smoother. Um, you know, if one values finances and and sort of making decisions for monetary gain and sort of stability and security, and the other partner doesn't really have that same value, perhaps their value is more social friendship based. You know, we're going to see, you know, more, more difficult conversations come up. Um, whereas if the, the top value, for example, is the same, maybe those transitions are, are a bit smoother. And it's not saying one's right and one's wrong, but it is suggesting that com- communication needs to be constant in, in checking in with those values. Oh my gosh, yes. <clears throat> We've already, um, we try again, this is just a situation we in pre-kids, is we're able to set aside time for the two of us. And one of the things that I we've said is like when we do do date nights, um, we try to do it quite regularly in one of those date nights we want to, to talk about finance, which is always like, I used to absolutely hate talking about like money and finance especially in a relationship um because again I was in a previous sort of situation or relationship where it just never it was just never it is never an easy conversation but it we didn't see eye to eye a lot whereas Rocco and I suppose my our values are a lot more similar but like just that regular check-in and talking about finances just brings things back as a reminder as to why we are um I'm not saying the move was just financial it's been very beneficial in making this move for our future sort of family finances and and being comfortable. But at the same time, the exposure for his role, his opportunity and work is also also means that, you know, going back in the future, he could sort of take this new skill set elsewhere, whether, you know, he at one point wants to work for himself or advance more in his career. There's other benefits um but yeah so that's the one thing is with our check-ins we try and have that just financial chat and have become way more comfortable in talking about it and and being less emotionally attached to talking money um I think was also and I'm sure a lot of people can relate when talking to about money in a relationship like I don't want to ever feel inferior I don't want to ever feel that like my husband is covering more expenses than I am and that's things that I have to get used to because if I want to take on a role as a mother and I want to um you know make certain adjustments to my work and my income some someone else is gonna have to step up so it's um it's a hard conversation to have but it's good practice having these chats around finance and um yeah making that time I suppose um but when you were saying the constant communication and check-in my like ego in the back or like the little voice in the back of my head is just going it's so tricky to have raw and honest conversation without the emotion coming across as attack (laughs) like you have to time those conversations so well um like there've been times that I actually I know I'm going to be nasty if we chat about something when I'm in a certain state or premenstrual, whatever it may be. Um, that I know I can't tackle that conversation. So I think also as, as regular as you must have those conversations, maybe one must also just be mindful um, when you're having like don't have them intoxicated, for instance. <laughs> I think it's so incredible that that you're already having those conversations. And I think that when we, I, I know I can relate and, 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 and sort of, I think many others, when we take on difficult conversations for the first time in a difficult situation, 
they're that much more difficult. How many times can we say difficult? Um, whereas when we've already practiced having those difficult conversations beforehand, you know, that the, 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 the dialogue is already there. So I think it's incredible that the two of you are already preempting if this happens in our lives, how would we handle it? When becoming parents, what, and, and I think to have that dialogue already pre-children is, is, is really setting up for, for, a, for an incredible communication that's already existent rather than babies here and, oh, we should maybe talk about how we're going to afford this, for example, or, you know, to have those conversations pre-children, I think is, is, is an incredible thing that you guys are doing. Yeah, I suppose that's one step in the right direction, communication. We've got a whole, like, as my, when I, especially when I was going through a lot of, like, sort of gr the growth period, 29 to 30, I wanted to figure everything out and I want to figure things out in a new relationship so that it doesn't happen again. <laughs> Obviously, that's not how things work. So I know we've still got a whole bunch of challenges ahead, but the, the communication on the finance side, I don't I'm I'm also there again. I'm also proud of myself because I've, never used to be very good in those conversations um, and it's definitely things that have stemmed from my youth or feeling as much as I'm a people's pleaser on the same time I want to be you know independent and don't tell me what to do um, sort of thing so so that's talking about finances is, is definitely a challenging one but also like I like how you phrase it that it, once you've had that sort of dialogue it's there you know how to approach it in fact when I do approach it often, that little voice in my head is just goes like, don't react, don't be emotional. Like if you're not going to get the outcome that you want if you react. Like I have to like calm my Italian internal emotions down. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think sort of there's there's that situation in, in all relationships um, is is that the need for that communication. Um, and I, I can definitely relate to it in my in my own personal situation. And I think parents, many parents do in, in sort of who's taking on what role, who's taking on what responsibility and 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 having those communications, those conversations before our resent me to climb. Um, and, and 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 so that 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 communications happen before it's. I sterilized all the bottles for the whole week you've done it once, you know, and, uh, you know, we can find ourselves in those more immature uh, tit for tat uh, moments if we haven't had the conversations prior. Yeah. The I do everything in the house. <laughs> I mean, mm. that, you know, there's certain things that have come up and then, then, either myself or Rocco will look at the other person and be like, just don't go there. Just don't like, <laughs> just don't start that. But it's so hard when you, I mean, two things that I find um, really help in, in my relationship is getting enough sleep and being cautious of stimulants like alcohol that can just spiral my hormones from like a weekend or a holiday to coming back to just the spiral of mood and emotions that I can't like quite manage as effectively. So yeah, it's interesting as we get older, we're more aware of these things. Um, but just to touch on um, where I was and why I feel like I'm in a much more mature space there are obviously a lot of things that I do that still is very immature and say the wrong things to my partner um, and do build up sort of you know that little bit of jealousy or a little bit of resentment that comes up um, but I'm now able to acknowledge it whereas when I was younger and I did the move in a previous relationship I properly just never never thought about my own happiness because my partner's happiness made me happy and I really went into my career years or like after varsity having the whole outlook like I don't want to be a businesswoman I don't want to thrive in like the world of business I want to uh, be happy and have a family like that was my goal and then uh, things just turned out a hell of a difference and started a business at 25 and um 
I've changed from this submissive, shy young girl to this more independent, finding self-fulfillment, self-growth, and finding this love for businesses and startups at a very young age. And then things just changed so drastically. And I went through a divorce because the relationship no longer was, you know, we didn't play the same roles as I did as a 19-year-old in a relationship as when I was 29. And of course, we hear it all the time, you grow together or you grow apart and it's not, um, you know, it's not going to last. And that was my my scenario. So having learned from those mistakes the hard way and I think a key part of it was just not putting myself first. Um, just, yeah, it just, I just prolonged the inevitable that by putting someone else first the whole time, boom, what happens? Like failed marriage and putting a lot of th- other people through pain. Like the irony of me trying to please and, you know, from this age of 19, 10 years later, 10 or 11 years later in a relationship, I ended up bombing and and hurting everyone else around me by not having that, I suppose, self-awareness at a young age. Yeah, and and, and sort of the the self-fulfilling prophecy of it all. Um, and and we see, you know, when uh, if we if we're somebody that perhaps is more is higher on the agreeableness score, or who uh, perhaps has more of an anxious attachment, perhaps low self esteem, um, more people pleasing tendencies, that we we might overcompensate and and and, and say yes to everything and focus our um uh, sort of importance on others rather than self out of out of fear a lot of the times but what then happens is sort of uh, a lack of self-growth or not reaching our our goals or, or resentment um feeling unfulfilled undervalued underappreciated and and what we originally did as an act of to keep the relationship together turns out being what what actually ends the relationship uh, because we didn't prioritize self and, and 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 really sort of nurture our own our own needs our own desires our own happiness and we really create what what like you said was was possibly inevitable yeah how crazy hey it's so yeah it's it's such a hard thing also to teach it's like you almost have to go through Oh, I suppose that's where where families can also encourage that with with your kids. I suppose I don't know. I, I like yeah, I suppose I don't have to go into too much detail of my upbringing. I had a really good upbringing, very loving parents. Um, but yeah, it's not necessarily household. There's definitely things that happened throughout my life that made me even I don't enjoy taking the submissive role and and the role of being and and being in codependent relationships. Mm-hmm. And in that note, it was funny. Just on that note, it was funny to just see that relationships, like romantic relationships aside, I have these repetitive patterns of taking that role on in relationships, friendships, business partnerships, etc. Um, and it all came sort of to my realization only at the age of 29 so <laughs> it took a long a long time to get there for me and 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 sort of that that's so much the truth in in any growth or healing that it's not linear um and there's not a, a certain cutoff date that we have to reach each milestone but rather that it's a it's a continuous process of of learning of awareness of insights of healing um and and that the work is never done and and that we continue to go through those places and and learn more about ourselves yes and then i'm very inquisitive to know so when i put a poll out on social media just that we're going to be talking about this conversation it was interesting to see how many people had actually voted and said that they in a similar situation where they've moved for for their partners um someone actually reached out to me and said like but it's so much harder making that sacrifice when you've got kids and the work opportunity is to move abroad so that's a little bit further than me um from from far to Cape Town this is a scenario of like from Cape Town to 
the Netherlands, but now making that sacrifice for your husband's career, but you're taking two little ones with you. And I know that this specific person was um, just like, it, it's very new, doesn't know how to approach it and how do you make that decision. Um, just in the back, like my heart just says, like immediately the hardest part is leaving. If you've got like parents or older, elderly, like loved ones, like that's the hardest part moving now because like we said, you think it's it's indefinite. You don't know when you're going to be back. Yeah, and 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 sort of you know, there's the the sort of saying the quote of it takes a, a tribe uh, in motherhood, and and then to be sort of taken away or making the decision to move away from your tribe. And 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 you know, we know motherhood and isolation is not a place that anyone wants to or should have to be in. So I think for for families moving, uh, you know, it's, it's it's really tough. But in those situations, hopefully, and I, I think that's a big part of the conversation, the sort of cost-benefit analysis in in making this sacrifice, what are we, what are we achieving? What are we hoping to, to gain? Um, so yes, there will be losses, but what are then some of the gains? And really having a look, obviously, each situation is so unique and different and multifaceted. Um, but I think in terms of, of family dynamics, one thing that, that we see quite often is sort of the default parent and, and, and sort of in a situation where, uh, you know, there's a, a partnership one parent is often the default parent, the first line defense parent, the parent that takes on the majority of the child or children's physical, emotional, psychological needs. And, and, and they obviously can be two very active, um, participants in, in, in the parent, uh, relationship, but one tends to, uh, be the, the first line defense parent and, and that parent often then has a sacrifice into their career. Yes. So kids are sick and there's going to be, if both parents are, are working, employed or self-employed and, and kiddies are sick, uh, there's going to be a parent that takes time off work uh, to take care of kiddies while they're sick or to take them to doctor's appointments and chemists to get medicine. And, you know, that time and energy has to be taken from somewhere. And, and often that's, the, the default parents work time um, and 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 sort of so the the, the sacrifices I think can be uh, in in all different parts of of a partnership of a family and of a relationship um, so yeah I think it's no sorry um yeah the, it's just so tricky when it comes to that because how do you Mm, how do you hurt? I had to put myself in in that situation where I've got this like really fulfilling campaign that I'm absolutely um so passionate about, but I have these constant interruptions by like having a colic baby and I'm not sleeping, stressed out from new parent to being a new parent and sit, sitting in the situation, your husband's going to work, like jolly off to work, packing little lunchbox, out the door, comes back, no cooking clue what's happened at home. Um, I've had no outside sort of stimulation or support and you're stuck in this little new parenting, like how, how do you manage that without husband coming home and wanting to rip his head off. Again, I think we could we could dive into this for hours. Um, and I think a, a part, it wouldn't be be fair, you know, not to mention the fact that there is a, a very patriarchal history to motherhood um, and one that that that. that that I think as, as, as we grow and as society changes, we are trying to push back on. But there is um, a, a patriarchal history to motherhood in which perhaps father, if, if it's a heterosexual two-parent relationship, the, 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 the father sort of tends to be less affected in work than mom. Um, it's sort of it, it, 
it's typically the mom that would take maternity leave or, uh, you know, take time out of work for breastfeeding. And a lot of those sacrifices come from the maternal side. Um, but I think in, in that example and, and I'm in it, uh, and, and I think so many moms are is that work motherhood balance. Um, and and like a seesaw is very rarely, if ever, uh, balanced. One is always going to be sort of elevated and one lower. And, and I think the expectation on ourselves that we can perform both perfectly uh, needs to shift. And that, you know, how that the efforts we do put in are enough. Uh, but I think with sort of the sacrifices to career from motherhood, um, you know, there's there there can be the resentment from from dad who who then comes home um, and whose career hasn't been been affected. But again, we can bring it back to that cost benefit analysis, and 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 typically we see that the career that's most affected is perhaps the career with the most flexibility. Mm. Um, and I, if I look sort of into the moms that I work with or moms in my social circle, friends, family. Uh, often, you know, the, the parent that has more flexibility at work or perhaps is self-employed, uh, they tend to take the, 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 the step back, um, and take care of, for example, sick children because work is more accommodating. Um, and I think again, sort of the, the importance of communication there that, for example, mom has been juggling some work emails and taking care of sick children. And, 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 and perhaps it has to be that way. Perhaps logically, um, you know, that's the way that the income works in the family and, and that's the way it's going to have to work. But then when dad comes home to have the open, honest dialogue of this is really tough. I'm finding this juggle immensely difficult and I need some support. And maybe that support looks like, can you put the kids to bed this evening? I'm going to go have a bath or I'm going to journal. I'm going out. I'm going for a walk, whatever it might look like. Um, or perhaps on the weekend for two hours, I'm going to have a nap. I really need it. These are my needs and, and, and I need sort of that support. So I think again, coming down to the, the vulnerable, honest communication in, in sharing, um, what needs are being met, what needs aren't being met. And, and, and when we can have that, those, those, those conversations, we're less likely to build up the resentment or the feeling of being undervalued or underappreciated. Yeah. So the two things that have definitely stood out throughout this whole chat, like you said, and just touched on again is the importance of communication, which I know is not a new topic to anyone. Um, and how beneficial that is. Uh, so communication, and I'd say the other one, I really like how you brought up that expectation because, I mean, it relates to so many aspects of our lives and, and relationships. And if your husband had to come home and you had the expectation of going, well, you are taking on the role of, you know, um, cleaning the household, the household chores and looking after the kids, like that would just, that's where I would... I'd hoya uppercut. I can't get so aggressive. <laughs> I just think, yeah, that is key, and, and it works both ways. Is that expectation as well as, uh, or not having that expectation on my partner um, to just know things and to pick up things, which I think I often also do, is just to be like where is the appreciation and the thank you for the dinner that I decided to start cooking at one o'clock today while, because my work is flexible. Um, and it's funny, it's like when you're in a bad space or feeling shitty, um, those things are so hard to manage. And the, sorry, um, those things are so hard to manage. And the first thing you want to do is like subconsciously make the other person feel guilty or bad. And meanwhile, like yesterday, I wanted to cook, start cooking curry at one o'clock in the day to take a break from work. But if, you know, I don't get that appreciation when Rocker comes home or um, the acknowledgement of what has been done at home, 
um, while still running um, businesses and bringing in an income, then I feel, yeah, then I completely don't feel seen or heard. I think appreciation and acknowledgement are two really important things there and 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 how beneficial and 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 incredibly valuable it can be to show that appreciation and acknowledgement um you know especially with with sacrifices in the relationship or parenting or any sort of area is 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 being seen and we know how good it feels to be seen and and to try and incorporate that into our dialogue with our partner of uh for example i i appreciate uh, the hard work you're doing and the hours you're putting into work and um you know the 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 efforts that you're making in your career to benefit our family or in in another regard i appreciate the home cooked meal um and i think that's something that that's really beneficial we can incorporate into our dialogue with our partners in the same way offering it inwards and 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 sort of the appreciation and an acknowledgement for our own efforts and 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 that could be sort of at the end of the day the middle of the day you know talking to ourselves and, and and really fostering that relationship especially when there's change to our our career our dynamic and we're in sort of an uncertain space to bring that affirmation inwards and you know well taking care of the kids and and balancing work has been a really tough feat today and I'm exhausted and I'm tired but I'm really proud of myself or you know I'm I'm struggling but that's okay it's it's a really tough season I'm in or you know what needs of mine haven't been met? Can I bring those in? I'm going to do this for myself today and really sort of bringing that appreciation and that acknowledgement, external and internal. It's so interesting that you mention it because like a word proud is not something that I often use, but already in our chat today, I think I called myself, I said I'm proud of myself twice. And then also um, just at home, I've also done that approach instead of, you know, when Rocker comes home, instead of going like, oh my gosh, I did this today, I hung up the washing and I cleaned the whole house and the dog did this, which I did. And I, you know, nailed it at work. When he, it actually happened this week, when he came home, I just told him, did you notice what I did with the veggie garden? And did you notice that I did this? I'm like pretty impressed with myself. I managed to do this and this and this. And then just my tonality. And I'll even tell him, I'm not throwing it in your face. I just I just want to let you know, like, I'm pretty impressed. And mm-hmm. his response immediately is so gentle and soft and going like, shit, I really appreciate what you're doing at home. Like, I'm really impressed with you. Whereas other scenarios in the past has more been like, I don't know, maybe I've been premenstrual and irritable and not getting enough sleep and feeling unhealthy and yuck. And he'll come home and I'll there'll be a little underlying dig and the response is not a nice response that I want. It's more that it starts an argument. So it's interesting how we can actually navigate um, that not controls a bad word, but how we can semi control how the conversation is going to go or the dialogue or avoid control versus avoiding a fight. If um, it's actually in our sort of power. And that 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 check in, um, that sort of real awareness, and and how am I feeling? What's going on physically? What's going on emotionally? Um, how am I feeling? What you know? What's happening within? And 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 that might also, you know, we might be looking for that external validation or sort of applause or appreciation when something is is authentic. And can we before we go looking for that? Can we check in? and see if it's something that that we're missing or needing to offer ourselves um, before we start looking for it externally. It all just boils down to like that self-love, self-compassion, looking after your own needs at the end of the day, because yeah, so much of it, um, I feel I'm a better partner currently in the environment we're in because I don't have that city living friction distractions um, impacting my emotions every day Um, there's less of that and more of time um, like not a lot of options for us to or uh, not a lot of decision making that we have to make because we don't have 
our loved ones and our network here. And I think that feeds back into the perks of the sacrifice for this long-term gain is that we've got this time, how do we utilize it? And as much as it's a perk because it's giving me this time for me and upskilling and trying out art classes and yeah, and and I'm I'm able to sort of um navigate my emotions or regulate my emotions a lot better than than pre like last year living in that city rush and pressure. Um but at the same time having this time like last night we were watching the last episode of Fiery 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 Lane. How do you pronounce it? I don't know if you watch that series. Firefly Lane. Yes, yes, Firefly Lane. Is that it? Yeah. We were I watching think. that. Oh, I couldn't, couldn't quite say that. And I just was bawling my eyes out. Like I've just got all this newfound time that I'm those intrusive thoughts that we had a podcast episode about and spoke about they creep up so I no longer have the city distractions and the pressure and the people inviting us to things that we always have to constantly make decisions but on the opposite side it can also be dangerous <laughs> to have this time and to worry and have these intrusive thoughts of like not being near loved ones what if something happens etc cetera, etc cetera. So, yeah, I suppose like it just boils down to starting with you, starting with what you're giving back to you um, and and then, yeah, the communication further within your various relationships, especially at, at, at home. And the, the identifying of those needs um, is sort of as and when they come up. Um, and, and I think it's quite interesting uh, that's, situation when we're when we're more idle and have less distractions than some of those uncomfortable thoughts and, and we really forced to sit with ourselves which can be incredibly beneficial and and sort of encouraged to lean into that discomfort obviously with 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 boundaries and balance of course um but it's interesting that when there are less of those distractions that some of those things surface um which which suggests that maybe they need some some looking at and some exploring uh, but I think to to be aware of those needs and whether that's then motherhood, parenting and, 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 and sort of sacrifices that are made in motherhood or whether it's with partners in Korea, you know, to check in that what what are my needs and are they being met? What's missing? And like you said, maybe that is uh, sort of more uh, physiological in, in sleep or food or maybe that's more sort of not feeling stimulated or fulfilled uh, but really checking in and in in and what needs um are, are not being met and i think at the at the bottom line easier said than done but but a sacrifice can promote vulnerability and and and, and growth and cohesion with the partnership uh, but if it means sacrificing joy and happiness uh we're, we're treading on more challenging and, and perhaps dangerous waters if if the sacrifice feels that it was a sacrifice of joy and happiness. So on that note, because there's someone particularly that I'm thinking of, as you say that, if you are in that scenario and you do feel like it's been quite some time since you've made the sacrifice and things haven't been backed or haven't sort of worked out and they aren't, it's not going well and you've sacrificed sort of your happiness and, um, and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, what do you do in a scenario like that? Um, yeah. So I think, again, specifically relating to sort of romantic relationship and partnership, that with risk, there's unknown. And, and, and part of that, from a positive perspective, that's where beauty and vulnerability is, 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 making a choice without knowing what the outcome will be and and it's in those spaces that so much growth happens uh, like you said we sort of make full circle and how you started sharing your experience in the beginning of our chat and and how much growth you've made well a lot of that was probably born from making quite vulnerable riskier decisions um so i think we we, we need to sort of 
be careful there not to avoid anything potentially risky in case it doesn't work because we're also going more into an unhealthy sphere that could be quite damaging. Um, so sort of, I, I think, just to bring attention there to the balance of that risk and sacrifice and big decisions can be uh, a place of vulnerability and growth. Um, but I think if, 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 if a person has made a decision and feels that it's not working, just a reminder there that, that it's not impermanent. And, and I think we see it in, in marriage quite often um, where people get married and then don't want to end a marriage out of fear of, of sort of looking as though they failed. And I think with, with any sacrifice or move or change or transition, that, 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 that it's not so black and white and to encourage to lean into that gray area of I tried something, I was so incredibly brave and we made this this big move or this transition and and I feel as though it hasn't worked or it hasn't been beneficial um, and, and, and I'm actually feeling really unhappy, my needs aren't being met and I need to change something. Gosh, I love that so much. I think the one thing that stands out is that we all need therapy because it's so impossible to like to constantly navigate through life and make these decisions on your own um without a external perspective and opinion and someone who's not sort of related or a loved one and um, it's really challenging and I know like I've got amazing support from family and friends but it's not quite the same when you're on your own um, most of the time, there's a lot of external distractions and decisions that you have to make. I think, gosh, uh, therapy is definitely something that I feel we all need. And, and, and in all kinds of different forms, whoever you want to see, if you want to, yeah, um, whoever it may be. I mean, there's a lot of things that I call therapy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think sort of, you know, therapy, of course, can be beneficial. So I, I personally have recently embarked on a, a therapeutic journey um, of EMDR, which has been absolutely fascinating and difficult, painful, but really fulfilling. And I highly recommend. So I think, of course, there's a space for therapy. There's also a space for therapeutic activities. And I think not to blur the two, that something therapeutic isn't necessarily therapy. Um, but, but sort of finding perhaps therapy is something for you, but maybe also incorporating more therapeutic activities um, and whether that's journaling or exercise or walks in nature or nutritious foods or, you know, whatever that could look like for you. But I think in, in a situation where a sacrifice, a compromise, um, uh, you know, a situation where you can then still find your own self-soothing therapeutic non-negotiables to to find the the happiness and the joy in potentially a difficult transition yes that's you you put it so well yes I call a lot of things therapy which I should be calling um therapeutic exercises or outlets <laughs> but um yeah that's a that's a biggie I think uh, personally I've the older I get the more I realize how beneficial walking um unaccessible walking is um it, it used to be and it still is to a certain extent running but that's not something that I um tend to be able to do as often as I did in my youth and I used to over exert it a bit like be a little bit too obsessive which obviously can't be isn't too healthy as well um so that's energy is converted to walking which I feel is a lot safer I don't tend to neglect it as much mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think it's those things, neglect we can use, um, or again, we could interchange that with sacrifice. And I think there's certain things that, that, that I would encourage anyone not to sacrifice or not to neglect. Um, for example, that run or that walk, those things that, that, that really help enable you to be the best version of yourself to not sacrifice those. Um, and I think that's that's something really important. And we can use the old age phrase of of, of pouring a glass uh, half, you know, pouring your glass if your glass is only half full. I think I butchered that that quote, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and 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 sort of when we're running on empty, 
you know, we're not going to be functioning well. We're not going to be the best partner um, or, or, or perhaps behaving in, in, in the best way as, as mom or, or maybe even feeling resentful. I think in those situations where we have to make a sacrifice, a change, a transition to try and keep close the things that, that, that make us feel good, the things that make us feel alive and those things that, that, that help us be the best version of ourselves. Yeah, I love that. So be selfish and invest in therapy, bottom line. <laughs> no, also, um, uh, as you were talking earlier on, something that kept coming back to me is just the um, as this path is not a linear one, making me sad once you've made the sacrifice, that was not the hardest decision. Well, it's part of the hardest decision. I think what's even harder is building up the courage to have the constant constant conversation and reassessing and evaluating the decisions that were made that led you to where you are and making that sacrifice. And I think something that just like came up to me was also to relook at in those conversations is to bring up things that like you have mentioned, what will make you happy now? So one thing that this is very shallow, um, uh, that I said to Rocco before the move was that cool I'll move just by the way you buy me a treadmill and I was like that's part of the negotiation still waiting for it so I'll let you know if that happens but it's still in the unwritten contract and um so that was something that just came to mind and I mean it's more than just the treadmill it was just the fact that like walking has become therapy and I don't always get you know enough time to walk far enough as much as I want to during the day so there's this desire to have a treadmill for various reasons watching my sort of whether I'm upskilling watching courses and and informative things I could do it at home on a treadmill um but I know that sort of um that's going to change and in four months time I might some want something else um and I'm not saying that I yeah it's it needs to be a conversation of you know what do you call it, like tit for tat. But I think in those conversations, it's a nice opportunity and it doesn't have to be something as shallow or as materialistic, I'd say, as, um, you know, giving something physical. But it is a nice opportunity in those conversations to go, oh, things have sort of changed. You know, I am in a different phase of my life of what, where I'm at. And, you know, you constantly working. I don't see you as often in this environment. Like, please help me. <laughs> help me in in finding something that you know or like a little something that either your partner can do or you can do or your partner can help you by taking over some chores or whatever or giving you time or giving you a weekend away or whatever it may be um I think it's a quite a nice opportunity in those conversations to bring up from either side um without it being tit for tat I know that's also quite hard yeah yeah and and sort of identifying those non-negotiables or that toolkit or those sort of self-regulating um different things and 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 the treadmill isn't about being the physical item of a treadmill but it's that time to exercise to move your body to to increase the serotonin and the dopamine to sweat to exercise you know and and I think for for everyone I, I agree with you 100% to have those conversations of um you know whether it's your partner your boss your your children these are the things that that I really need to function at my best um and 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 I need to carve out time to do those things and at times it's going to be me asking you for help um and asking you to for example take the children or um your partner to you know do the dinner um or, or sort of really making it a priority to fit those those things in um and I think, uh, you know, added to that part of our responsibility um, as individuals is to identify our capacity um, and, and, and to refrain from shame when, when identifying or reaching that capacity. And, and that again looks different for everyone. I can for sure relate it to sort of juggling motherhood and work. Um, being a, a default parent or sacrifices for partner's career, I can sort of see it for myself in different places, but to identifying where my capacity is and then acknowledging for myself and for others, hey, I, I've reached my capacity. This is about as much as I can handle. Something needs to change because I think the, the, not the mistake because that gives a, a negative taste 
to it, but sort of one of the things that we do that I think is, is not serving us is pushing through that capacity to either prove a point or, 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 or to sort of show strength. Um, and, and, and we see that in, in sort of the sacrifices or transitions we make that we've got to push through. We've got to carry on. We've got to go, 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 go. And we sort of live in a society where, where rest or breaks is, is, is sort of not looked at always in the most positive light. But I think in, in a, in a vulnerable, fragile space, transition or sacrifice to acknowledge capacity and wherever your capacity is, that that's okay. Um, and it deserves to be acknowledged. Yeah, and that's so much easier, I suppose, as well as when you have that space um, uh, to think clearly, to have that clarity. Again, why meditation and time for yourself is so, so important to have that because so often we don't hear that little voice or that feeling, that gut feeling we tend to just push through because life is a rush and there are too many other distractions and roles as being a mother or being a certain role in the career. Like we don't, we don't hear it. We don't hear the voice and we don't feel that like sort of gut feeling. Um, so yeah, again, boiling down to time for ourselves, which is often so hard, but I think you've shared so many useful sort of tips and words of wisdom and little nuggets that people can take home um and yeah will apply to their own sort of situation so thank you so much for your time today thank you it's such a, a I think a fruitful topic and one that that we can all relate to in, a, in our own different way so hopefully there's there's something for everyone in in whatever situation they find themselves in Definitely. And I have no doubt the next topic um, and um, an interesting one is going to pop up soon and we're going to have another another conversation because I know we can we can dive into so much together. I have a list already. Okay, great. Send it to me. Thank Amazing. you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys, it's me again. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please can you subscribe so that you are notified as soon as new episodes drop and share the stream podcast with your friends and family and co-workers who are just as inquisitive as you are about learning and improving their quality of life. And then lastly, if you want more mental health and business resources, inspo and podcast recommendations, just a reminder to subscribe to my monthly stream newsletter. No spam, just pure, positive value delivered straight to your inbox.